carry on. Hi guys. And welcome to the Sex and the City Podcast. Samantha's like, he's got the most perfect dad. <laughs> How did this happen? How did they get the message that the ass is now on the menu? I've been dating since I was 15. I'm exhausted. Where is he? Thanks. Bye. Great sex. I am comfortable. I'm also like, these are my notes. I'm not like on Instagram or something. No, it's it's really fine. No, actually it's fine. These, these are my notes. This is my hair. I don't wear wigs. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to <laughs> Carry On the Sex in the City podcast. I'm Alec. I'm Kat. With us tonight is not only a great actor, entertainer, friend a dear friend that i've known for so many years now and have come to love in a different kind of way a kind of way that if you ever had to be at a funeral i would help you walk down the aisle if you were alone yeah and that is matthew scott montgomery i gotta give you a copy of my key to my apartment (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's so wonderful to have you back oh man it's so good to be back here carry on is just like it's probably my top three if not top two favorite podcasts and i was th- we've missed you so much i know i was thinking as we were watching tonight's episode my motherboard myself season four episode nine i think it's i think it's eight hold on i was thinking as we were watching tonight's episode that when this crazy sexy you know real sex sort of partnered type show started in 98 would we have ever imagined that our four ladies would be so have such emotional depth to be going to a funeral together and yeah. to for the experience that the four of them have to mean so much to not only them but to us as an audience oh yeah it's really a special thing i feel like we're really we're in deep now you know yeah. if you had watch it from the beginning and you're, you've made it to this point i don't know if, if, if everyone who's listening is either re-watching with us or with you guys or knows the series as well as we do but like we're really in deep now yeah. you know what i mean it's yeah. like we know these characters better than we know ourselves we know them backwards and forwards we looked at each and... other before we sat down to watch this episode and we we were like, can you believe we're here? I know. And you, you care about them so much. And the show is really at its best. Yes. You know what I mean? Like this episode is really, really good. And it's really nailing this tone where you're laughing and crying in the same scene. Yep. And we, it's like, by the way, just watched my motherboard myself, which aired July 15th, 2001, directed okay. by Michael Engler, uh, written by Julie Rottenberg and Elisa Zeritsky. Um, I I I'm n- I'm not surprised this episode was written by women. Oh, okay. I said it. I yeah. agree. I think it had a really strong female voice. Yeah, yeah. Especially the, the 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 scene in the which we'll talk about the changing room with the bra, um, with yes. Lucille, yes. and and Miranda. I can't identify with that. I don't know. I I don't know what that situation is like or what that experience is like. But yeah, that felt so raw and real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's dig in. Why don't we start? Um, why don't we start with Carrie's storyline? You know, I was thinking about like de- I almost called this Deadcast. You know, I was thinking about with with Carrie on. Listen to Welcome like, to Deadcast. Yeah. Or I was thinking podcast. Welcome to Carrie on, and I was thinking about um, 
you know, a lot of times these the women have like their four separate stories, mm-hmm. and here on the podcast we like break down like so and so's stories. And you know, Samantha's is a little bit they they are separate, but they seem yeah. they really intertwine in this episode where it's like they all really come together. I really love that about this episode, and it is sort of a rare like very serialized yes the women split off to some degree but it's pretty early in the episode maybe halfway through where all of their stories converge and really um they they never pair off again yeah Uh, we've talked about stick together there have been a few episodes uh here and there with fits and starts in this season where um where they just don't all completely gel and they don't all totally serve um, the the narrative and it's so nice when like for instance the Samantha storyline just as an aside is so completely outrageous and actually literally laugh out loud funny like yeah. we we're all cackling we really were we're cackling like witches but her storyline also serves the plot which is one of the darkest like most serious ones that we yeah. ever ever is this get the most serious we've gotten so far oh yeah and this is the only time so. death is really addressed yeah. besides splat which doesn't I don't know if that really counts so much I I will go out on a limb and say this might be the most serious episode. Yeah, I think of yeah. Sex in the City. Yeah. I can't think of one that is more serious, and that that I mean, you know, look when you dig it. I mean, we we've dealt with infidelity, we've dealt with problems in the bedroom, problems with marriage, problems, um, you know, in between problems their in friendships, LA. problems in <laughs> LA. Uh, but but yeah, I think that this is is the darkest and yeah. most serious that we ever find ourselves yeah. in the show. I mean, what's more serious than death? Yeah, right. You know? um, it's also interesting seeing, and we'll talk about it too. Like we, you know, the the kind of unspoken rule of sex and city where it's like we don't talk about family. Yeah. They don't have families. Right. They mm-hmm. don't have parents. They yeah. don't have brothers we and sisters. We joke about it all the time. Like that 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 it's so rare that you know you can count on one hand. And like that, Char- we see Charlotte's brother, her her like milk toast brother, who Samantha sleeps with, just to serve one dumb plot. Yeah, line. but then. Really, besides this, the rest of Have the Have you guys time, seen the Carrie Diaries that was on the CW? I gave it a shot. I've I watched seen the a first little. couple of episodes. I she, watched all of it. Dad. It's like a single dad Yeah, situation. it's interesting her having like a younger sister named Dorrit. Her sister's <laughs> oh, name was no. Dorrit. Excuse me? Yeah. Dorrit, I'll just ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was so, it was very strange to see all that. And I think that's probably for another podcast of some sure. kind. But anyway, I was just thinking well, about that. Well, uh, um, yeah, I... There, there's an interesting sort of, um, and I'm, I'm glad that we can sort of dig into it in this episode specifically, but one of the cardinal rules of Seinfeld was there is no learning and no hugging, meaning that like none of the characters ever learn lessons, which is sort of like a traditional television or sitcom ideas yeah. like the character learns a lesson by the end of the episode and there's no hugging like none of the characters are going to come to an understanding i will never understand people they're the worst and not that sex in the city was necessarily ever that but i do think that when the show first debuted it was more like here's a fun breezy popcorn way to like look at sex through the lens of four different kinds of women right. these yeah. are women who bounced off of each other yeah kind of and 
interact with each other, but they were like di- like chemicals that don't mix. And right. like they're fun to watch. It's fun yeah, to watch them interact. That's why this episode's so impactful because it's like, you know, you don't, you, it's kind of you've subconsciously cared about these characters and these women so much. And you don't realize how much you care about them until you see them in this kind of situation. Yes. And you see them all coming together for Miranda's yes. mother's funeral. Yes. And you're like, this is my family. Yeah. yeah. These people are real. Yeah. I love them like my own family. Yes. And you're like crying. Yes. And you like want to spend your life with these people. Yes. Like we have. Yeah, yes, this this right. episode breaks the mold. I yeah. mean, it, it quite literally in structure, it breaks the mold. Yeah, all of the ladies knock down the walls and into each other's stories. And I also love it. You know, I, I mean, sort of. You know, if you did sort of a paint by numbers of Sex in the City, it'd be like here's Carrie's storyline, Samantha's, Miranda's, Charlotte's. But another thing that I like about this episode is, yes, they break down the walls between them, but also they have an interpersonal story, too. The interpersonal story of Samantha and Charlotte, which that does happen sometimes, but it's rare. And I think it really works. That stuff's always really exciting for me when we get because usually it's like Carrie is all the girls best friend. Mm -hmm. So it's always really fun when you get like a a Miranda Charlotte scene Mm -hmm. or like a Charlotte Samantha yeah. phone call because what's that like right. you know what I mean like that stuff right. is so we, exciting to I me I feel like the, this episode is the big tease and I know Alec you wanted to start with Samantha's storyline um, we're just kind of talking uh, about it all we are just kind of I do want to say just because they're so interconnected I know yeah. it's tough to isolate but speaking of the Charlotte Samantha phone call like, there are two moments in this episode that kind of tease conversations that we don't see that I wish I could see one of which is Charlotte calling Samantha to talk about like fucking bagels and Samantha's like Charlotte I'm masturbating I told you I'd be doing that all day today so I wanted to hear the conversation where Samantha tells Charlotte I'm going to be masturbating all day <laughs> yeah like, I want to hear that conversation and also um you know when they show up to the funeral and Samantha's like you look great to Miranda and yeah. Charlotte's like that's not one of the things I told you to say I want to hear the conversation where Charlotte's like explaining to Samantha you know here's the proper thing you know to do and say yeah. at a funeral um, it is, it's, it's probably, it's definitely because they are seemingly polar opposites. Yeah. Well, it's so much fun to there's see There's that TV show thing where it's like, why, really, why are these people friends? Like every yes. now and then where it's like, you know, I'm trying to think of another example. I'm drawing a blank right now, but it's like, you know, um, Samantha and, and Charlotte are so different. Why would these people be friends? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, just for TV. It's like we Zach need, like, Morris and Screech. It's like, uh, why sure. is Screech a part of the <laughs> Yo, that's friend true. Group. But, like, in this episode, seeing the two of them, like, on the phone together and, like, interacting with each other, and they're kind of eye-rolly with certain things, but yes. you can tell that they still care about each other, and mm-hmm. it works somehow mm-hmm. still, all of them coming together. Mm-hmm. That's where the show kind of elevates itself over other shows, because I believe these friendships. Yes. I know these friendships. Yes. They're right. my friendships. Yes. Well, that's where the show... And maybe that's the thing that separated the show from everything else yeah. and why we're still talking about it 16 years later mm-hmm. is that they really did discover something in the specificity and articulation of each of those characters yeah. that and actresses and the actresses. Girl. I mean, it's <laughs> it's lightning in a bottle. When it's, I was walking over here today or tonight, I was looking up on my phone, I was like, when did they start winning Golden Globes for this show and Emmys and stuff? 
because I was like, are we there yet? Because to me, the work that I know we say it every single episode, but it's yeah. true, y'all. Cynthia Nixon, I'm like, I, so, I just want to like take awards and sh- literally shove, shove them, them down in her, her mouth throat. Yeah, until she chokes on them. <laughs> yeah. Choke on it, choke on it. You're the best actress I've ever seen in my life. Now choke. Because and this is yeah. the work she does in this episode, you guys. Master class. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, one of the things that I like to do is I try. I like to try and separate the character and the actor's performance from the dialogue that they were given so that I can sort of like see, is it the dialogue that makes this great? Is it the performance that makes this great? And I'm going to pick a weird piece of dialogue okay. that I think like shows how actors elevate material. Oh, I'm dying. And it's not know. a Cynthia Nixon line. <laughs> um, it, although she was amazing. It's a, uh, it's a Charlotte line where um, Miranda, Miranda says something like, I'm 35 and single, and that's the real tragedy here. Yeah. And Charlotte says, Oh, Miranda. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's supposed to be like sympathetic or Think empathetic. Think about what that would look like on, on the page. Yeah. On the page, it's just, oh, Mar- oh comma, Miranda Ellipses, maybe, maybe an exclamation point. See maybe what's an so ellipses. the line that I was thinking of that's so devast- devastating for me, and it's so specific, and I've always loved it. Yeah, is when Miranda is calling Carrie from the hospital to tell her that her mother died, and the way that she hangs up the phone. Yeah, she's like, okay, I gotta go, bye. But you can tell she's like totally devastated and can't speak yes. anymore. Yes, and just the the levels of the delivery of that line are mm-hmm. so heartbreaking. Yeah. Yes, Miranda, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Thanks. I gotta go. Gotta give snaps to Miss Nixon. It's interesting to me, Alec, that you brought up the "Oh Miranda" line because I, I, I really, I really noticed it this time watching this episode. And I've seen this episode a lot. Oh yeah. Because you're right. It is the way that the way that Kristen Davis kind of delivers that line is it's completely full of like it's her just screaming metaphorically at 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 Miranda. You know, I, I feel for you and. Uh, you shouldn't feel that way, and I'm disappointed that you feel that way because I because you're amazing to me, and I want to make this better for you, and I want to hug you. And it's two words that she says, yeah. but she says like eight things with those two words, Ugh. and that's great acting. All all four of the actresses get some really great stuff all in this episode. Four. I wouldn't be surprised if this was the episode. Like you get to submit one episode a season. Yeah, that's why I was looking it up when I walked over here because I was like, and and I guess it's not till two thousand four that Cynthia Nixon won. Oh, okay. So it wow, wasn't, really? yeah, I that know. was the last season. I know. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, well, Alec, you so uh, you know, I feel like we're all just kind of like screaming at each other because this episode is so I know. fucking good. Yeah. Um, but let's try to let's talk about Samantha's storyline because it's so silly and fun, and let's talk about why it's great for Samantha, why it's quintessential Sex in the City. Well, what's so nice about this episode is that uh, for such a heavy episode, it starts really light. Yeah. I, lo- I this Let might be, light. be one of the great openers of a sex in the city episode Definitely. which is the power lunch the power hour um pause rewind can we also talk about what carrie's wearing as she walks up to this let's power talk lunch? about it in we fact i was like Karen. girl why wasn't this one of cat's selections for the 15 best outfits was it in there so no, check it out girl i mean look i applaud I'm, her boldness but yeah. you but i wouldn't be kind of dead see i loved it because she's giving you like that kind of like that khaki page boy cap and she has yeah. basically it, hot pants makes me feel sick well it make i i i like it because it's i'm choosing to look at it as knowingly ironic and mm. it's kind of like um 
that's the choice and she kind of has this long like slouchy black grandma sweater thing that's happening with hot pants underneath yeah with like a vaguely tie-dye thing about it yeah because they even kind of like they are dangerous. that's what i'm saying though if you have a long slouchy jacket and a fucking page boy cap that's you make the hot pants work because you're not doing full tilt hot pants sex 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 you're like dowdying it down with other things Ooh, you just convinced me i mean just saying yeah i mean i she she she's chosen her choice i choose my choice and i i do i do always whether i love the outfit or not i always applaud carrie's choices her bold choices although later in that episode when she comes back to the computer place we cat and i both kind of looked at each other or, or said like that is an ugly ass shirt Ooh. that she's wearing. <laughs> she's wearing this like Weird ugly, stripey, satin, satin button down. Made me feel sick. Sick. This is what I don't understand about fashion, which is, I mean, fashion. I feel like at the time, could we have known it was ugly then? Or were our eyes different? Were our, was it like, oh, that's white and gold when it was blue and black? I mean, listen, there are <laughs> things I remember wearing and putting on and feeling fierce in when I was 13 and three quarters year old, years old. Um, and, and eyeliner that I'd put on that I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh yeah, girl, um, that I look at pictures now and I, and I've said to my mother out loud, why, why did you let me walk out of the house this way? And she was like, you felt great. You looked great. I think there's that, that's one case, but I also think for sex in the city with Pat, I think like. There's this knowing thing where it's like, I'm going to wear something kind of ugly and crazy. Yes. And I dare you to say something about yes. it because it's fashion. Like Carrie's yes. hat on the plane in the second movie. Yeah. Like she's not making any apologies. And she says to one of the the stewardesses that uh, she's like, I love your hat. Yeah. Because she, and she's she's acknowledging how fucking ridiculous her own hat Yeah. Is. So that's one of the things we've come to love about Carrie. We expect that from her. We want yes. her to make choices that are kind of ugly and dare us to have opinions about yes. it. Yes. So we see. That's Carrie- fashion. We see Carrie walking down the street. One frazzled Friday, four overbooked girlfriends came from four different directions. The East Side, the West Side, Park Avenue, and Samantha. It was the ultimate New York power lunch, also known as the power catch-up. Um, I'll start. I can sum up my life in one breath. Work, work, au bon pain, work. And you? Uh, oh, okay, let's see. I, Aiden, Aiden. Just pimple. Aiden. See, maybe we don't need an hour. Sean, I cannot believe you made this sandwich. Mm. I love you not working. You can be my wife. You know, I thought I'd have more free time, but redecorating is very stressful. Did you know there are over 40 different kinds of dimmers? We see, um, yeah, we kind of get Miranda our and the ladies coming in. They're all gonna. They're all gonna uh, meet in this park for lunch just for an hour. It's the power hour because they're the ladies have been so busy lately. They've barely had a moment to catch Charlotte's up. Been Charlotte, curing aids. Charlotte yeah. made them sandwiches though. Yes. Yeah, that sandwich looks good. And yeah, on the way, good. Samantha picked up from a guy on the street for a dollar fifty. I love this city. One thousand and one <laughs> sexual possessions. Woo! Um, I I. Th- so what's there? There's so many great things that I think there's make a, this quintessentially sex in the a city. A thousand and one things. <laughs> one that this is a great like. Oh, the ladies of Sex in the City have uh, made something iconic. The idea of the power hour. Yeah. The idea of four Here's powerful women lunch. meeting for lunch and catching up on their lives. It's not. It's not. 
it's not just something they're doing for the show. They're saying that this is an idea that we pass along to other women and we pass along and want to sort of permeate the culture. Yes, all that women. Everybody, it's like, you know, this is the restaurant everybody's going to. This is the bar you have to go to. Everybody has to power hour. You're nobody if you're not doing the power Dan and I, hour. Daniel and I used to do power hour, but what it was was we turn our phones off for an hour and like read. Oh, I like that. And it's that. like we would like to, because he and I used to have an apartment together and we would like, you know, like read by candlelight and turn off all the electronics and have a power hour in that our apartment. That is really fantastic. <laughs> kind so, of different. So Miranda's got a thousand. Miranda. Miranda. Samantha's got Samantha. a thousand and one sexual positions and she's looking forward to trying these with her boyfriend nick i think right nick he's the wrestling coach at nyu i always wondered like at the time there was obviously an actual wrestling coach at nyu and if that like came around to him because today with like twitter and like just the world um i feel like that would definitely that's definitely information that would immediately get back around to the actual i just mean like that's kind of fun yeah like that that's a very specific title yeah and um anyway so (laughs) that was more interesting in my head no it is fun he's the the wrestling coach at NYU that's kind of like a prominent position and she's like fucking him (laughs) yeah it's kind of fun he puts her in a half nelson and that gives her a full orgasm as the show (laughs) says we do get a like really kind of embarrassingly fun Shot of Cackling, laughing of right Kim Cattrall in a like a what do you call it, a singlet or whatever. Yes, yeah, it, that's exactly what you call it. And it's like it's so silly because it's like they're both. She's like you know the embarrassing headgear on. It's not yes. embarrassing. I should qualify that, but like her wearing it's kind of it seems like a Halloween costume <laughs> a little awful. bit. And so it's like she like goes over and they're wrestling and she like hops on his dick and like in two seconds like <laughs> yeah. pulls out right an imaginary her. dick and she, he's like hard out of nowhere and all of a sudden they're having sex. It's so stupid and it's I so stupid. love it. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you know, um, Samantha's having uh, having a lovely time with this guy, and then um, Miranda delivers the awful news that uh, her mother has. Well, died. Carrie, Carrie actually delivers yeah. the yes, news. Yes, thank you. Yeah, Miranda yes. delivers it to Carrie, and Carrie tells the other two women's. And uh, Samantha, which I think is true to character seemingly doesn't know how to react well to what the i news. think is if we're talking about elevating the the script and what's not even there i've always thought this from every the first time i watched this episode and I, by the way i've never watched this episode not cried like i can't uh-huh. even handle yes. the end of the mm-hmm. episode but where you know carrie breaks the news to um charlotte and samantha that miranda's mom has died and samantha i mean kim cattrall whatever has this look on her face yes when she tells her that i'm like samantha's been through some shit like, yeah. I don't know, maybe Samantha's oh, mom died. This is what I've it. always thought. I thought like, oh, Miranda's, I mean, Samantha's mom has had a heart attack. Samantha's dealt with death and she cannot handle this. Oh my God. Because if you watch it, she she mentally goes, in a, goes somewhere else. She kind of looks off to the side and goes almost into a trance of grief somehow. She does. You're right. It's very like whatever's happening to her in that moment yeah it is it is very insular right like, and and it's yes. so much so that like she loses charlotte and carrie Completely. she goes off that's somewhere. why i She's think gone. i don't know i don't know how much is in the script or directing or if it was kim cattrall's choice but i in that moment i thought like oh Samantha's been through some dark things. Maybe she's using all this sex to cover it up so she doesn't have to right. handle her real feelings. Oh, Samantha's such a deep, complicated character. Wow, 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 wow. In some ways, it makes me think about that moment um, later. I guess it's season five or something where 
where Carrie walks in on Samantha blowing the World Wide Express guy, and uh, Carrie wants to talk about it, and Samantha's like, it's fine, we're fine, we're perfect. A little and Carrie's too like, fine. Yeah, and Carrie's like, um, we're not perfect, and we need to talk about this. And yeah. Samantha doesn't want to talk about it. And I, it just, I, it just, I feel like that kind of informs this moment as well, where it's, and it also you know, is gonna, she's not a feelings person. Right, and whatever happens to her mentally starts manifesting itself physically. Right, like she was in that moment where she's lost Carrie and Charlotte. She's sort of trying to tamp down whatever it is that she's actually feeling. Yeah. And then she just says, I'm just I'm really just hungry. hungry. Yeah. And, and, but there's really something much deeper going on. Yeah, something deep in her V because when she goes back to having <laughs> sex with Wrestle NYU Nick, she can't get that that no. big O. I you know, I had a funny thought in this episode, maybe because the other parts of it are so real, is and this is true of a lot of Samantha sex scenes, they're really brightly lit. Oh yeah. They're really like the yeah, sex yeah, scene yeah. she right. has with the guy in this episode is like fluorescently lit. Yeah. And it's like Super every moment Middle every of the day. piece of their body is exposed. Yeah, bright and day like, sex. There's a couple things you can say there. One is uh rom- romance. Like some people dim the lights for romantic sure. purposes. Yeah. Other people have the shame of their bodies. Like, you know, I don't want you to see my wide, wide hips. So I'm going to turn the light Alex. down as low as I possibly Never knew. can. Um, <laughs> and, and so it's so funny to me. Like, obviously, I get from a right, production kind of standpoint. Like, supposed to be. It's there. It's comedy. It's light. Yeah. It's just oh, funny yeah. how light, light it bright. is. It's yeah. so You're right. It's bright. so bright. It's like a cafeteria. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so she's, I mean, and maybe the like lighting is honestly part of the problem that Samantha cannot get there. They're trying every move out of the one. Even when she does number 17, position. her old standby, which is this, this kind of, yeah. how would you describe it? It's sort of like 17? a sideways wheelbarrow. Looks kind pretty of good. Thing. Yeah. I was going to use the word wheelbarrow as well. I think, yeah. I think it all kind of looks like we're wheelbarrow. A wheelbarrow. Well, to me, it all kind of looks, um, uh, Despite how like uh, outrageous the the content is, I feel like like the the sex itself is really like kind of hot and like realistic. It and, is hot, and yeah. Less like silly than you're yeah. watching it. Like, oh, this is silly, but oh, damn, it's still a little silly though. Yeah, but he working that butt. Samantha, yeah, that's true. Is that wrestle really butt. being a taskmaster yeah. to WrestleMania guy. There's like, this really is- funny moment though. Where she's like, she's on top, yeah, and he starts like, <laughs> he starts like, he starts like, um, ri- um, sliding his arms up on her arms, like, yes. like his ar- arms go from like He's her elbows like, yeah, to her shoulders, baby. yeah, and she goes, get him off me, get him off me, <laughs> you're distracting, you're distracting me. me. <laughs> She can't. She can't find the big O, and she talks to she's lost Carrie and Charlotte about it, and she's she's concerned, and you know Carrie's doing her best to console Samantha. It's really I actually like I applaud I this, this scene. scene for riding the fine line of we've already found out that Miranda's mom is dead at this point, so things are more serious, and yet they find a way to still make this scene comical. It's Italian masterclass this episode totally total masterclass totally because it could have felt really out of place mm-hmm. and like in bad taste um and and like you get the you get the 
the slightest hint of that, but that's on purpose. Like yeah. that, that they're sort of trying to buy flowers for Miranda's funeral. And this is the thing that's on Samantha's mind, but it's done so well because you, you can't help but think Samantha's avoiding something. Yeah, totally. Like, Samantha's avoiding dealing this with this situation by talking about, which by the way yeah. is a very human thing. Like when, when someone has died, it's, you know, you don't sit around always just talking about like morose, sad things or like the business of the funeral. Right. And stuff. Like it's human nature to to make some sort of conversation, and those around you are often a little bit relieved if you come up with something to say that's like a little bit different. Just to like, you have to have those moments of relief. Right. So I feel like that's completely. Very, in addition to being comedic for the episode, really kind of it's actually authentic. Yeah, I read this article about a woman who's having orgasms round the clock, uh-huh. and then boom, orgasm stopped for good. It was like she had used them all up or something. That's the meanest thing you've ever said to me. Um, the point of view of Sex in the City really takes a stand in this episode, and I wanted to point this out. They land on one side of an issue pretty firmly, which is uh, Samantha can't find her orgasm, and uh, Carrie says something along the lines of sex can be great, without an orgasm and and Samantha goes oh, what a crock of yeah, shit yeah Samantha very clearly states otherwise yeah and you know I, I don't want to speak for Matthew but I feel like guys for the most part this is what makes sex so interesting yeah is that guys for the most part there is a finishing move yeah like there there is a natural completion to sex like, yes, of course you can have sex and not have an orgasm. Yeah. That's technically possible. But more likely than not, barring circ- unforeseen circumstances, the guy is going to end sex with an orgasm. Yeah. Like, he sort of has control over that. So, Kat, I turn it over to you and ask, given what Samantha has said, what do you think? Oh gosh. I mean, I think um I think that I love that they present both sides where Charlotte says sex can be great without an orgasm because I I do think there's something to the closeness that like I guess I don't know. I guess lots of women have been forced to just find the value in just for its own merit because um you know, maybe they've had trouble or they've had partners who just weren't very invested in their orgasms. Um you know, I think in this day and age the ideal thing is women being able to be open and honest and if they can't get there with penetration or whatever like break out that vibrator get him to go down on you like that's the kind of thing where it's like choose your choice demand what you want and say you know like I need to finish and the the guy should also make it his responsibility of like I want you to um finish uh I mean yeah I mean I (laughs) thankfully thankfully I mean I feel like I'm kind of lucky that I've had partners who are great with communication and on the off rare moment where I've just haven't finished and they've finished they've been like very willing to serve and get me there or you know how uh, whatever um um but yeah, I, I'm kind of a Samantha where I mostly, when I RSVP, I, I, I come, you know, I guess, I, to the party. I can think of a couple examples of me having sex where I didn't have an orgasm and it was great. 
Yeah. Isn't that kind of insane? And I can't believe I'm saying that, but I can think of right off the top of my head, I can think of two specific times. Yes. Without I'm like, fascinated without by getting that. into For like, women, the, that's not that strange because our anatomy is just a little different and it's, it can be a little, we're, we're such kind of like Pandora, like mystery boxes, uh, pun intended. And like, yeah, it can be just, it's so yeah, different. I guess it's, men, but I feel like men are, a, I, maybe this is completely naive of me, but I feel like men are just a little more like, Easy to pump. Well, there's also there's there, <laughs> there's uh, a little less of a mystery. <laughs> there's literally physical punishment that you get as a man. Girl, you don't think you don't think I know what blue balls feels like? Oh, I bet you do. I'm just saying that. I you love know, Kat speaking just saying to her husband, man. girl. I'm just saying I understand what you're saying, but yeah. I personally, and I know women who have, um, we are also capable of getting to the brink yeah. and then not having that that finish and feeling that throb and that pain. Yeah. It don't feel good. I mean, Matthew, you you know that pain. Oh, yeah, I know that pain. It's probably yeah. worse for you. Your balls are bigger than our balls. Yeah, than right. both of your balls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So but still. Girls, so, girls know blue balls. Elliot, I can't talk to you about sex. I don't understand any of that crazy gibberish you use. Penises schwing something. Schwing schwung, peepers, or peep. Right, and vagina is? Disgusting, but also bajingo or hoo Samantha then says, I'm going to try this solo. Yeah. I'm going to go on a solo mission. She pulls out her drawer of you tricks. you got to applaud her moxie. She pulls out all the stops. Yeah. I also appreciate, I mean, it's just a great, it's a great visual, all the sex toys that Samantha <laughs> yeah. has. She's like, like, they just keep coming out. It's like clowns coming out of a clown car. <laughs> yeah. Or like, somebody pulling more the scars, more like a magician more. pulling scars yeah. out of his sleeve. <laughs> this is the magic trick, huh? Illusion, Michael. Mm. Trick is something a whore does for money. So, Samantha, can I find this orgasm? She is looking everywhere for yeah. it. She Every is like, fucking, where's Waldo? Like, she's find him on the beach. She's, she's tucking that pelvis underneath that running faucet. She's, she's even thinking she's, about using her toothbrush on it. I'll let she can it. use her electric toothbrush on her poon, Annie. <laughs> and, you, and you know what? When she shows up at the funeral, she can't muster even saying I'm sorry to Miranda when she sees her for the first time outside of the shit. funeral. Yeah. That's Matthew, you know what I'm you've changed my world. With oh, this. yeah, that's what I'm saying. But once she's inside there and... The pastor is talking and the funeral is in session. The levee breaks. Yeah. It's just, just such a beautiful moment of her mouthing, I'm sorry, to Miranda. Miranda mouthing back. What Thank a beautiful you. moment between two oh, friends. And God, Miranda is so, so touched. Beautiful. She's so touched. And, and the implication, I think, is, you know... Charlotte's so horrified at Samantha for, like, doing and saying the wrong thing. And, and Miranda is just that type of person that, like... There's no point in time. I mean, obviously, she's worried about all kinds of other shit, but there's been no point in time when she's, like, thinking, wow, Samantha's so insensitive. Miranda is a, such a forgiving friend, such a generous friend, and she knows that Samantha cares about her. And so when Samantha kind of takes that moment to reach out, Miranda's not, you know, she's just like, yeah. Like, she's she's able to be, like, kind of accepting and forgiving, even yeah. though she's the one going through all this shit. Like, it's just such a beautiful, And Samantha finally gets the release that she needs. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about Charlotte, because it sort of dovetails into Samantha's storyline. At the end, at the beginning of the episode, Charlotte's life couldn't be fluffier. Yeah. She is uh, no very... longer working at the gallery. 
She's making sandwiches. She's figuring out how to work dimmers. I do think in the it's house. interesting that she that she brought she made sandwiches and brought them for the girls, but she's eating a salad. Did you notice that? No, I like, didn't. It's sort of the thing of where like you're doing a cookout for everybody and you make the extra special hamburger for yourself. It's like, come on. Everybody oh, yeah. share. Everybody <laughs> I think share. she's just like cutting carbs or something. Yeah, probably. She also had a cute bucket hat at the beginning. Just saying. Mm, you've been watching too much Party of Five. I mean. So um, when when Miranda's mother dies, Matthew, you made the very good point when we were watching the episode. Charlotte is perfect for stuff like this. Charlotte was like made for weddings, made for funerals. Just knows the exact immediate right thing to do. She knows she's you, Emily Post in a in a perfect Tommy Hilfiger dress or whatever. She completely yeah. She gives Carrie tissues because Carrie's crying. She or she says we're gonna get send flowers. That's probably what we should do first. Mm-hmm. She like talks about arranging the travel, getting there. She wants the exact the order, the exact kind of flowers that she's gonna order. She has one crap. She's a yep. doer. Yeah, and she like knows exactly what to do. Yeah. And uh, she has a very specific idea of the kind of flowers she wants. She wants white calla lilies. Um, she everything wants the clear cellophane with the, the navy the blue phalaenopsis. ribbon. <laughs> I love this episode so much. I'm, I always look forward to her saying phalaenopsis. Yes. And when when they arrive at the funeral, there's an unfortunate mishap. Oh God, the flowers that get sent. Are perfect for disco night. Yeah, she's like they, they're funeral. supposed to say we're we're so sorry for your loss, not your dead. Let's disco, which is really <laughs> remarkably uh, funny yeah. for for the situation uh, they're in. And some and and Charlotte has been urging Samantha this whole episode. Call Miranda, call Miranda, yeah. and tell her you're sorry. I'm and so sorry for your loss. I you know what I really. And I think we can all relate to Samantha in some way, which is when somebody dies, when something awful happens, you, there is a part of you that doesn't want to contact the person because it's uncomfortable. I mean, it's not, it's like when my, when my stepfather, when his mother died, I knew that I had to call and I was sort of avoiding it because yeah, I was like, you, you know, say? this is going to be awful. What do you say? Nothing you say is going to make it better. There, by the way, there's nothing original that you're going to say either. Yeah. I mean, I think right. like I put too much pressure on myself. To if say if the something right awful thing. happens, like, well, I can't just say I'm so sorry. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, of course you can just say I'm can. so sorry. Matthew's like, taught me over the years, like, you know, whether it's death or just something else terrible that happens, like your hard drive crashing. Like if, you know, I, you know, I've taken this lesson from you, Matthew, of when something bad happens, you know, sometimes the most comforting thing that you can say to someone is like, I'm so, so sorry. That's terrible. Yeah. I don't know what to say to you. Yeah. Um, but I, but I, but I hate that you're going through this. And like, sometimes that's all someone needs to hear, but you're right, Alec. Like, you know, the, the pressure of feeling like you, because you care so much about the person, like yeah. you don't want to say something awful. It's yeah. sort of like, that is the perfect for me, the perfect encapsulation of writing itself which is you're not going to be some sort of genius tomorrow that you aren't today. So if you're waiting for that perfect idea, it's never going to come because you're never going to be somebody else. You can only be yourself. So if you're waiting for that perfect time to call, to have that 
amazing conciliatory message, it's never going to happen yeah. because you're always you. So you just got to do it. You just be you yourself. Just be yourself. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. All, all that matters is that you cared enough to reach out. That's right. That's the thing that matters. It's not right. what you said. It's that you said something. Yeah. That's absolutely That's right. what matters. And I think that's what Charlotte is trying to get across to Samantha. And either it's Samantha doesn't want to confront these feelings at all. Yeah. Or, or Samantha feels like, what's she going to say? You know, Samantha says, I don't want to bother her. Yeah, it just paralyzes you. Yeah. yeah. She's like, what am I going to say that's going to make this better? Nothing. So... Uh, let's talk a little bit about Miranda now. Yeah. Um, because, you know, Miranda, what, what happens to her ultimately is, is the crux of this episode. Um, so, you know, when we, when we see her at the beginning, she says that her life has basically been work, work, and au bon pan. <laughs> Have you guys been to au bon pan? Uh, I've been once. Only yeah. in an airport I've ever been. Oh. oh, yeah, I airport. guess I have been at the airport. But that, does, that can't possibly It's like count. sandwiches. It's like sort of yeah, Panera. It's, it's fine. It's like sure. Panera light. Yeah. We know Miranda loves sandwiches. Eat me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you I know. I love watching Miranda eat. Me too. Oh, it's the best. She she really chews the she's scenery. Always, yeah, yeah, she's yeah, always she does. about with condiments and mm. salts and peppers. Is so mm. we're like, oh, Miranda, what a fun life she's leading. Until she gives, uh, until Carrie gives her. No, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Until Carrie gives Miranda a call From on a her cell. Where are you? I'm at the hospital in Philadelphia. My mom had a heart attack. Oh my god. And you let me go on and on about my stupid computer? Well, that's very upsetting. I've been through that. Sweetie, is she okay? How could you go to Philadelphia without telling me? I had about six minutes to make the train, and I didn't know how bad it was till I got here. Well, how bad is it? They keep telling us different things. She's pretty out of it. Although she did open her eyes just long enough to veto my lipstick. And um, Miranda reveals that her mother has had a heart attack. And she's in Philadelphia. With and she's in Philadelphia. So I guess we're to assume Miranda's from Philly, potentially. Mm-hmm. Canonically, we learn that Miranda has a sister, also redheaded. Betsy. Named Betsy. Betsy, who is played by Becky Ann Baker, who plays um, Hannah's mom on Girls. And she's absolutely oh, fantastic. Oh, that's right. Yeah, of she's course so that's who that is. She really makes a character out of just a couple lines. I yeah, mean, that's really, acting. They don't show us anything more than we what we need to know about her family and how Miranda's family treats her. And, and how you understand everything. Yeah, she says something about, Miranda says something to Carrie about, uh, it's like, how's your mom doing? And she was like, oh, she was just lucid or con- conscious enough to look over and veto my lipstick. <laughs> yes. You yes. know what I mean? So it's like, that just yeah. goes to show you. Everyone seems so perpetually annoyed and bothered by and disapproving of Miranda. Miranda, the doctor is waiting. You can't use a cell phone in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we only see that for like two seconds. It's like two yep. lines, maybe. But that's yep. all we need to see. We don't need to see anything else. Yeah, right. it's totally true. And the next time we hear from Miranda, she calls Carrie early in the morning to say that her mother has died. Oh, God, and, and incredibly powerful and um, devastating scene. And to the point that we were talking about earlier, it's it's not what is said, it's what's not said. Yeah. It's what is emoted in between the lines. And Miranda is so... We've come to know Miranda as so prideful 
and almost destructively self-sufficient like yeah she just can't help but not ask for help yeah and and you know carrie is being a great friend and she's saying what can i do how can i help you and miranda miranda's not accepting help because it's who she is yeah she's never known anything by the way way. you know i it's never occurred to me before now and it seems so obvious but like you're right and and in the same way that that Miranda's rejecting Carrie's help, not not in a mean way, Carrie's rejecting Aiden. Like they're they're similar. It makes you think like about how similar Carrie and Miranda are in the sense that both of them like are kind of fiercely independent. Yeah, I didn't get that parallel. That's true. I never thought about it really before yeah. this mm-hmm. moment, but mm-hmm. you know, Miranda's like, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, and that's that's Carrie's theme through this episode as well. Hello, hey, it's me. I'm sorry to wake you. Oh, that's okay. My mom died. Oh, my God. Yeah. She was stable last night, and we all went home. And then they called and said she was crashing. And by the time we got back, she had died. Oh, Miranda, I'm so sorry. I just wish we hadn't gone home, you know? Nobody wanted to, but they kept telling us we ought to get some sleep. I'm sure that she knew on some level that, that that you were with her. But I wasn't with her. Nobody was. What can I do? Nothing. I'm 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 fine. I'll be fine. So um Miranda, you know, Carrie offers to buy Miranda uh, to bring Miranda a dress from home. And Miranda's like, "No, I'll just go b- go out and buy a shitty black dress I'll Can never I, wear again." I have to speak to this speak. because so um, there's been no re- I've I've never mentioned this on the podcast because why would I? But um, my my stepfather passed away. Matthew and Alec obviously know this. Um, almost two years ago, very very suddenly, um, of a heart attack, and mm. I remember. Um, I'm so, like, I'm so, I, I, I had voraciously consumed this episode over and over again well before that happened. Um, but then when it happened to me, I remember so vividly, I had bought a dress for an event that was supposed to take place the day, a couple of days later, a work event that was like red, white, and blue. It was like a cute little, like, tank dress. And... I remember that when I knew I needed to go to the funeral, I didn't have anything to wear. And I remember driving, taking this dress that still had the tags on it, still had the receipt. And I, because I remembered that the dress had also come in navy. And I was like, well, this fits really well. I know the size, I know the style, it will be appropriate. And I'll just go switch it out. And I remember driving up La Brea and thinking like, my stepfather had never come to visit me here in Los Angeles. And he'll never see this city and just crying all the way there yeah and going into target which is like talk about fluorescent you know hospital lighting yeah and just going in there and getting the dress that i needed and talking to strangers and yeah no one barged in on me in the dressing room like happened to miranda but i that feeling of being in shock and being in public by yourself and looking at people behaving yeah like everyone behaves being angry at everyone yeah for drinking their fucking starbucks yeah and like not understanding that people are dead yeah and like you know that i i only say all of this because um 
because I feel I just the show to me just watching it with that filter captures that feeling yeah, so strongly totally. of like the shit that you have to take care of when something like this happens and the pleasantries you have to like yeah you oh know, and, and pretend and still everything's have to fine engage in normal and the connections life. you make with your the people who you're closest to like there are things that Matthew you and and Alec and Ricky and there are things and Daniel that the, the people who are closest to me yep that's it those are the people yeah. um, <laughs> you know the, the, and and no, I should and say my friends from home who showed up for you know were at the funeral and this is but the things that people who are the closest to you do for you and those the thing the the bonds that are strengthened because of those um things that people do for you and show up for you and but then also the interactions you have with strangers who are kind even though you're you're inexplicably kind of irritated with them and like just these things that get burned into your brain yeah and that stick out to you and i love and this is why i said earlier that like i'm not surprised that not that men can't feel deeply but i'm not surprised that 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 women wrote this episode because it feels like such a female bonding yeah not feels like, it's obviously on the surface it is that but i feel like they well, just you want captured to just describe so well. the scene with the, with yeah i should yes um so miranda tells carrie like no don't bother bringing me a dress i'm gonna go i'm gonna go buy some shitty black dress so she goes to the and she obviously if you're having a shitty black dress you gotta have a shitty black bra and so she's like probably at some department store miranda's going through the stuff and this woman comes up behind her and she's like mm, you don't need that size you need this size you're a 34b and she's like that's not i know the size i am um and she, like, follows Miranda. This is the kind of thing that, like, ordinarily annoys me in television when someone's behaving completely inappropriately. Yeah. And, like, everyone's acting like it's, you know, normal in, in certain ways. Yeah. But it per- it works perfectly in this scene Yeah, she's, 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 she's just pushy and motherly enough. Mm-hmm. Like a she's nagging She's like, I mom. know what's best. But she, but, but it's this a woman, woman, Lucille. Said, yeah, this yeah. woman, Lucille. But she, she has kind of a, um... Uh, the 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 choices that the actress makes are all like positive choices. Yes. So it's kind of, you you kind of can't get super mad at her because yes. she's so friendly she about well. all of it. Yeah, Great yeah. Casting. Yes. Yeah. And then so by the time Miranda gets in the dressing room and this woman just barges her way in and just literally starts adjusting the bra for her and Miranda totally snaps and it's like I think I know what's best for me. Yeah. Like that whole thing. <laughs> yes. Oh God. Oh. Yes. It's so perfect. And it's and it's that thing where she's realizing the things that you realize when someone passes away when like you know I won't have this interaction with them even the negative ones and all the you know the millions of things that are going through her head like the things that I you know all the things that are left unsaid all the, the opportunities I didn't have to say xyz did they know I felt this way about them all those things you know are going through her head and this stranger just sort of like kind of holds her yeah. you know takes her in her arms in the dressing room and pats her on the on yeah, her naked Miranda back yeah Miranda ends up saying you know my mother just passed away and then they have this oh. hug that's so complicated Yes. And you just see Cynthia Nixon's face throughout all of it. Yes. It's so great. I, this is one of the first things I think about when I think this episode is Me this too. scene. I mean, the first thing I think of is, um, I'll tell you when we get to it. Um, the second thing, that, well, there's a few things I think of this episode. There's a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. There's so much happens in this episode. Um, but one time when I watched this episode on television, it was either, you know, like it was on E, it was on TBS, it was on something, T, I don't know what it was, but one of the stage, you know, when they have to cut out stuff for time, the scene was cut out. And I remember watching. What? Yeah, they cut out the... The this scene. scene is so good. I it's know. So important. I know. So I'm hoping that whoever, everyone who's seen this episode and is watching it, hopefully on HBO or, or on whatever version of TV, didn't cut the scene out because I oh, love this scene so devastating. much. This scene is. It's kind of hard to watch in a way, but yeah. I love it so oh, much. I want to. I'll tell you what I love about this scene is um, 
Miranda is so prideful. And I love that there, there's a very uncomfortable moment where Miranda's like, will you please stop touching my breasts? Which is like sort of like the worst thing. you. I mean, yeah. it's the worst <laughs> thing you could say in that moment. It's so uncomfortable and awful. But I love the way that the scene turns around so that at the end of the scene, there's catharsis because Miranda says, well, you were right. Well, this is perfect. You, this is perfect. Yeah. Like you were right about this bra being the wrong size. And Miranda gave that woman a gift in so many ways. But in, in one way, the gift of I'm like, it's her way of saying, I, I'm sorry I snapped at you. Yeah. Um, and it's so lovely and it's perfect. And it's the it's exactly the catharsis we needed yeah. as the viewer that that there was that this the switch was flipped. And yeah. I think in some ways Miranda's giving herself a gift in the sense that she's saying to this stranger well, look at that, you were right. I feel like in some ways she's saying that to her mother. Like, she's had so many fights with her mother over the years, and she the voiceover says, you know, she realized she wasn't going to have any more fights with her mother. Yeah. But I feel like her saying, you know, you were right, is the kind of thing she maybe in that moment is wishing she could have said to her mother about some dumb stuff she would she just, like, was stubborn yeah, about Yeah, there's a line mother. about it. Miranda finally got the support she needed yes. or whatever it was, yes. which is such a fucking great pun. Yes. It's so smart. Yes. It's so good. It's all so amazing. Um, and then when the ladies show up at the funeral, Miranda talks about, this is sort of our final conflict for Miranda, that all of her sisters and the the family is paired off they're all in relationships or married and that there is a procession at the funeral uh and and everybody has everybody's coupled off except Miranda and somehow despite the fact that her mother has died tragically the worst thing of all in the family's eyes is that Miranda doesn't have someone to accompany her down the aisle yeah so, um, and it's sort of like, you know, it's, it's very classic sex in the city that like, and yet despite all of this, it's still about relationships yeah. or and lack having thereof. Having a man. Yeah. To and, the extent that the pastor or whoever, priest or whatever, it, he's like, John and his wife, Miranda. It's the yeah. most mortifying thing it's ever. So, and it's also. That this fucking old ass pastor doesn't know shit about the family is gets the details of who Miranda is wrong twice. Twice. Yeah. And it's also like the perfect example alec you were talking about how like somehow they managed to temper like the really sad stuff where you're Mm -hmm. actually crying with like cackling out loud funny because like you know he gets he gets miranda he says that she's her brother's wife twice (laughs) the second time which miranda turns around to the women and she's so awful and it's so funny she's the human version of that emoji with the flat straight mouth yeah she just turns around stone-faced to her best friends and she's just like you fucking kidding me yeah it's so horrible and funny it's so funny this is such a great episode of tv tragic comic Um, oh yeah but there's an amazing moment where not a dry eye oh does uh, it made me cry every time i've watched it where miranda the, the funeral procession is in process and we finally see Miranda coming down the aisle, Ugh. and she's alone, and she feels desperately sobbing, alone. Just like, oh man! And she's sobbing, and she's upset, and you know uh, the the things that were said about her suddenly feel true, and her mother is gone, and she has no one. And in that moment, without thinking, Carrie gets up 
and takes Miranda, like puts her arm around Miranda, and then they she takes her hand. She, they she take hands. Kisses hand. her hand. I know it's so devastating. It's so tender but, and. And then as they're walking, to, should we say what yeah. happens? Yeah. Then as they're walking down. You know, the aisle together, as if you're not devastated enough already, you look and see that Aiden and Steve came. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's it is so heartbreaking. The kind of support you don't ask for, but just shows up. Yes. And it's like when you see, then it's, if you're not crying by then, like, you know, yeah. check your pulse, you must be dead. They're just like, standing there, just, just there for these just, ladies. Just there. Oh, God. And um, I, I mean, I just love Steve. that Steve has no Steve. dialogue in this episode. No, doesn't say that no scenes in this episode he's in one shot can always depend on steve yeah he's in one shot and i like to believe that behind the scenes like in the writer's room or whatever they were like look you know at this point they're like we don't know if steve and miranda are going to end up together but if they do it would be really great that he was there like We don't know, but if. It also makes sense for Aiden and Steve to, uh, to yeah. come together. Absolutely. You know. Totally. Um, Take some time off. Scout. Another conversation I wish I could have heard, which is Aiden and Steve. I like to think like Aiden called Steve and was like, hey, man. Yeah, you for know, sure. I, yeah. I, 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 you know, it's pretty terrible what's happening. Like I was thinking about going, you want, you know, you want to go. Yeah, I think that'd be okay. Steve's such a great a guy. Yeah. They're, they're both such, I know whatever you think about Aiden, whether you, whatever. But We're going like, to get there. Both, We're going to get there. They're both, they're both great guys. Let's get there. Regardless. Let's, Let's time to get there. Let's get there. Oh, so, oh, oh, I can't get there. <laughs> <laughs> so. I always get there. Um, <laughs> in this episode. Seemingly, Carrie and Aiden have have worked their stuff out at this point, and we're in we're like we're we're in automatic pilot in their relationship. Like They've things are going keys. well. We're cooking fajitas on our lean mean oh, fat reducing yeah. grilling machine. So machete having, don't text. They're having sex on the kitchen floor. So yes, Matthew, let's talk. Matthew audibly groaned at Aiden. In this episode, <laughs> and 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 I think we really need to hash this out. I think we really need to talk about this. I think Aiden's a great guy, just not for Carrie. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And yeah, I just can't abide him saying like, "Hey, Lady Bird," or "Hey, Pop Tart, what you know?" And where you go? We're a couple of sad Max. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you is old it the dad man. humor? Yeah, it's just yeah. so wrong for Carrie. It's yeah. just so 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 for me. It's so yeah. wrong. Like. C- Carrie's like cosmopolitan. Carrie's New York. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie's she's like, hey kid. Carrie's cigarettes and 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 booze. Carrie's yeah. fashion. Carrie's yeah. Carrie's bright lights and city streets. Aiden is fucking fried he's chicken. The fried, and fried chicken and sunny side up eggs. He's and... a fucking moons over my hammy at, <laughs> yeah. at at Denny's. You know what I mean? He's like <laughs> he's fucking like turning my phone off power hour and like yeah. going to like the fucking ranch in the middle yes. of nowhere riding horses and yes. building furniture. Yes, I'm touching myself. It's like oh, I'm, I'm sorry. sort of realizing Ugh. that he's not a- fashion. Aiden he's... is the personification of your annoyance. With people who decide they're old early. Like, I mean, I'm old early. I can't go out. That I'm is 28. I'm huge, too old. huge annoyance of mine. But he's not. He's not that bad when it comes to that kind of stuff. I just don't think. You know, I agree with you 100. percent A lot I, of it's a it sort of makes you wonder here. how Aiden found himself in New York. Like, yeah, you know, totally. I mean, look. Okay, I 
I love Aiden, and I and I agree that Aiden is ultimately not right for Carrie. Yeah. I also can subscribe to the idea that everybody could use a little Aiden in their oh, life. Sure. Like like a bucket of fried chicken in bed when you wake <laughs> up every morning and just like wearing whitey tidies and rubbing your greasy I'll, I'll belly. Speak, I can speak to this. Well, you you go ahead. Well, like somebody who is somebody. unflailingly Ooh. there for you. And like Steve like Steve, yeah, Aiden, Aiden. To me, Aiden and Steve are similar. They are in a lot of they ways. Are. Yeah, you're blowing my mind because I'm on. I'm on track with you right now. Yeah, that, I know where your brain is going. Aiden, there, there, there is something to be said about um, just reliability, and that Aiden. Maybe the difference between Aiden and Big is that Big is exciting. Yeah. Maybe Aiden is too reliable, and maybe he's Aiden comfortable is like an old, reliable. weathered out little couch in the corner. He's too That's why it's he's like Aiden is like, I'm like, old. Let's yeah. just be old and stay yeah. in. Where you know, Big is like man about town, big man on campus, smoke a cigar, go to the movie premiere. He's you kind know, of unattainable. Wall Street, yeah. like yeah, pick you up in the limo. You never know what's gonna happen. Aiden is not that way, mm-hmm. um, but. You know, this is what's so great and amazing about life is that, and it, you know, I guess ultimately you find somebody who is all of those things. But for somebody like me, probably if I dated Aiden, it would be bad for me because my, I'll tell you why, okay. my inclination is to be like Aiden, meaning like to stay in. To like get Kentucky Fried Chicken, yeah. to laze about, and and you need dynamics yeah. in a relationship. Um, all of that is to say that ultimately, yes, I think Carrie should be with Big, yeah, and Team Aiden. I don't think it would have worked out with Aiden and Carrie. No, I don't ultimately. think so. Like if, if Carrie had like putting all of Carrie's neuroses aside, if Carrie was like, I'm in, I'm so I'm a hundred percent in on this relationship. She would have gotten bored. Yeah. Sure. So Carrie's writing hey, her Pop-Tart. article, which, you know, which going with, and uh, there's a great sort of breaking of the fourth wall in this episode. If giving the man the keys to your apartment means unlocking the door to home cooking and great sex, why were so many independent women? No, 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 don't, 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 don't. It's not done yet. Don't read it. It's the first time she's ever been writing and there's a man there or like in the background. It's kind of unnerving. And he starts um, echoing her voiceover, which is a really fun sort of like wink to the audience of like you, you get to see that when she's typing, she's really typing the things that you're hearing. Uh, so Carrie's Mac breaks down. Oh, Miss Mary Mac. And uh, Carrie... <laughs> rest in <laughs> <laughs> Carrie very irresponsibly has not saved her articles anywhere else she but on the hard drive up. of this computer. She hasn't backed that ass up. And Aiden <laughs> tries to control out delete which we're told you cannot do on he a Mac. Says to I guess the, that was true at the time. You can do the, it now. Right. He's oh, can you? Yeah. He says to the tech guy, "I did the control alt delete." 
to your point, Matthew, I'm just supporting you with your like old man Aiden thing because he says I I did the control alt delete. Mm-hmm. Also, a very like old man way of saying that. Maybe I'm like a Katie boy or whatever. <laughs> but like when 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 Carrie's on her 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 Mac and then like. Aiden like puts his greasy fried chicken (laughs) hands all over all over her computer and like barge again. I don't remember what he's saying. He's probably going like, "Hey, but where do you want to have some ribbon candy?" I don't fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And he's like, "Hey, little girl, shiny paper, hey sweetheart, what you down there, little Goldilocks? Get out of the way, old man. Cooter's here. I don't know. Who can make the backyard purr to you? Kind of he is to me." I don't know. The first thing I think of, I, I think Daniel agrees me. When I think of Aiden, I think of an overhead shot of him with a belly hanging over dirty, stained Hanes white briefs with a bucket of chicken grease laying next to him I and asking and chicken. asking Carrie to rub his belly at four o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> I get a job. Listen, it's not the most God, flattering angle that he's ever been photographed. That's the first at. thing I think of when I think of Aiden. <laughs> That's amazing. When I think of Big, I think of him alone on New Year's Eve eating, eating steak and drink, sure. drink, drinking a glass of wine. Yeah. And, and soup. having yes. showered and not went out with greasy chicken fingers. Yeah, and same thing, baby, rub my belly. Rub Uncle Aiden's <laughs> belly. Sick. <laughs> does anyone agree with me anywhere? Is anyone I'm listening sure to this? Someone anyone? Does. So Carrie's laptop breaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they go to the shop, and yeah. she hasn't backed up, and she's fucked. She's wearing overalls and a fanny pack, just saying. Yeah, she is. And, uh, and, and, and Aiden tries to fix this by buying her another computer. Yeah. And, uh, we're skipping over kind of an amazing moment. No, please tell me. Where the dude who I do not know this actor's name. It's Asif. Um, uh, He's really good. He's really, really. uh, Oh man. I got it. I'll get he it. was on The Daily Show. He's super talented. He's in and... Spider-Man 2. He's yeah. Tobey Maguire's boss at the pizza place. Asif Mondvi. I really Asif like him. Mondvi, I think he's really yeah. great. Well, he says he says to Aiden about the Control-Alt-Delete thing. He's like, oh, you must be a PC user or whatever. Yes. You're, You're not, not compatible. compatible. Yeah. And there's this moment where it's like, it, maybe it's foreshadowing or whatever it is. You th- This energy is exchanged really heavily from Carrie's side just for a moment of mm-hmm. she and Aiden aren't compatible, you know, yes. compatible with computers and yes. things like she that. She gives him the death stare. Mm, the death um, star. So uh, Carrie, Aiden buys Carrie another Apple computer and uh, Carrie is not happy about this. She still believes that the computer at the store is savable and Aiden's like, oh, I see what's going on here. You don't want me to help you at all. You don't want me to help you with anything. And she says, I gave you the keys to my apartment. She says, what more do you want? And he's like, how do I get in here? And he points to her heart. And it's kind of a... I think he's so cheesy. Yeah, it's the only (laughs) moment of the episode where I'm like, okay. And you uh, did you see on her what she was wearing? There was a greasy uh, fried chicken stain oh on his my finger. Oh come on! There was literally sawdust and fried chicken grease from his fingers. <laughs> Do you think he makes her was call it like him Pop Tart Crumbles? Yeah. I think that she has to call him the Colonel during sex. Yeah. Ew. Um. So he pieces Ew, out. Yeah, he... him in sex makes he feel sick. I bet he just lays there and makes her do all of it. <laughs> Oh my god! So he he leaves the keys. There's a he leaves the keys. Choices. Yeah, he leaves the to keys to her apartment. He's like, whatever, I'm out. Um, yeah, that's a pretty. He gets kind of frustrated. It shows that you can push Aiden to a point where he's just like, all right, fuck it. 
No, I get it. Uh, it's all you. Uh, I'm not a part of any of this. You don't want the laptop. You don't want me to go to the funeral. I feel like a fucking... I gave you my keys. What more do you want? Your keys? Oh, great. So now I can uh, get into your front door. How do I get into there? Huh? He broke my heart. So Carrie, she realizes the error of her ways. And she says, I can't let you in because what if you leave? Mm. And he's like, where am I going to go? And she's like, I don't know, but what would happen if you did? Yeah, to his credit, she's like, things people, things fall apart. We could fall apart. And he's like, that's true. And he says, I guess we'll just be a couple of sad Max. <laughs> Matthew, I know you loved that line. I kind of, I actually do kind of love it, but like it's like a hate love kind of thing. It's sweet because she calls it, you know, he's frustrated, but she calls him up to apologize. Yeah. And, and I think Aiden is so generous to her. And he's, he is. She, she calls he is him up and she's like, here. I'm sorry. Yeah. And he's like... Okay, and he's willing to make a joke, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, all he wants is that olive branch. All he all he wants is that communication. One thing I do love about Aiden is how much he loves Carrie. Yeah. yeah. He does. Yeah. He loves her. He does. He loves her flaws and all. Yeah. And, like we um, all do. And, of course, he shows up at the funeral. Oh, I'm sobbing. Yeah. Ooh. He's just there. Um, and, and he's there in an unobtrusive way. I mean, yeah. he and Steve both, you know? It's like they're not trying to make a scene. They're just there because that's what matters is yeah. just being just there. Just showing up. Um, speaking of being there, Matthew, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I was so I was so excited to get the invite, especially when I found out what episode that was because yeah, this is such a. I mean, I feel like this episode carry on is a little different too because we got a little deeper Absolutely. than we usually do because Absolutely. that's what this episode lends itself to. Mm-hmm. It's such a fantastic episode of television yeah. with so many layers to it. I. We will be having this conversation tonight, anyways. We just got to record it, and other people will hear it now. Yeah. And the thing is. We just like Steve and Aiden, we were just there for this episode. You yeah. know, we weren't trying to get in the way. We we just like we need to support what the episode is. Yeah. And not try to make it anything other than it is. Yeah. And it's a great, real episode and it's what great, great episode. It, near perfect. Will, oh yeah. It's what it's the reason why like on entertainment weekly lists of the greatest shows of all time Mm -hmm. that sex in the city shows up yeah, because it elevated the material and it elevated the characters and it made it important and real. And, um, at the end of the day, it's all about finding the universal truth of humanity. Yeah. And they did that in this episode. I thought it was something so beautiful that was said at the end that, um, Tech guy Dimitri, I think was the character's name. Was they, he was uh, Carrie was asking why does this happen? Why does this happen? And he said sometimes they just crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was such a perfect parallel for Miranda's yeah. mother's death because yeah. these things happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean sometimes they just happen. There's no controlling. Carrie, them. Carrie's voiceover. She says uh, computers crash, people die, and when that stuff happens, you just have to breathe and reboot. That's so good. Mm-hmm. It's genius. Which, by the way, Aiden says like in the one of the first scenes of the episode. Yeah. He's like, he, he says right. verbatim, he's like, breathe and reboot. And yeah. yeah, it's, it's easier said than done, but it's the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, like life becomes a huge mess. And it's one of those reasons why sex in the city is such comfort food for people, because whether it's like a total fluff episode or an episode like this, it, it's the kind of thing that helps you kind of like step away from your life, take a breath and like come back to it yeah. and go like, okay, I can tackle because you, you, you you get to kind of experience life through these people who are who are really just serving it up. And are real people. 
Matthew, they're real, not actors. They're real. They're people. real people. Matthew, where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at irobotujane. Um, on there, I'm constantly retweeting Carry On and tweeting about Carry On. <laughs> um, and also on Instagram, Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery. Fantastic. And your podcast is? Oh, my podcast. I have a Goosebumps podcast with my twin Braja. Daniel, who's a guest on here a lot as well. Um, we have a Goosebumps podcast called Welcome to Deadcast. Goosebumps too. Yeah, Goosebumps 2 is coming out. Oh my god, how exciting. So, very exciting. Not until 2018, but yeah, I'm very excited. Um, and yes. Catherine, where can you find us? Oh gosh, we're we're on Twitter at Carry On Podcast. We're on Instagram at Carry On Podcast. You can email us, though no one does, um, uh, <laughs> because they, they but they do tweet and Instagram at us. But if you feel like writing us a long something more than 140 characters, which I should say occasionally people actually do. Um, yeah, deadcast. We get emails all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can email us at carryonpodcast at gmail.com. People tend to prefer to send us like dumb, like really quick stuff on Twitter, and it's not dumb at all. And I'm I've had gin. Um, so <laughs> so. But uh, but if you want to like wax poetic or just like talk about life, we we would love to and email us at carryonpodcast at gmail or carry on carry yeah carryonpodcast at gmail This is a commercial for gin. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, until next time, carry on.